Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What's up, you hooligans? Welcome to Motorcycle Madhouse Morning Mayhem. As always, the second half of the show is coming up with China Doll after this segment. And we got some kick-ass music coming up right after this. Anyway, we want to thank Player FM for making Motorcycle Madhouse Morning Mayhem one of the best podcasts for 2022. We are available on all of them, baby. Anyway, today we have some stories coming out. Uh, Harley Davidson, uh, a woman is suing a motorcycle club, as well as the homie Yes, they got in a conversation, <laughs> confrontation, if you will. They started with the con- you know conversation, but anyway, you'll hear that story with the banditos. Also, we are looking for people who want to come on the show that lost a family member, brother, what be you, to a motorcycle accident and how it affected you, and how it's affecting you still. So if you're interested on in coming on the show, 847-957-1656, that's the number you can call. Leave a message or give it a text, and we'll get you on the show. I've been, you know what, the last two shows with Black Dragon have been awesome. We really got in-depth regarding when a brother sleeps with your old lady. A lot of people thought it was a Jerry Springer thing, but it wasn't. These are in-depth conversations that we're going to have. Trying to get away from the grind of all the other stuff that we have to put out. And then the biker angle where we discuss world politics and stuff. That was also a good one. Funny one and good one. So we're going to go to the news right now. Ah, here we go. Harley Davidson Museum to celebrate Milwaukee Day with event and discount. Day is known as 414 Day. It's coming up next week, Thursday, of course, on the date 414. And the Harley Davidson Museum wants to celebrate with you. This morning, we have uh, to talk more about some upcoming events. We have. T- Could you imagine having to, like, be married to her or something with that voice. I'm just saying. Tim McCormick. Hey, Tim. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Brewers opener. Same to you. And, and tell Thank us, you. how will we be celebrating 414? Go Cubbies. What's wrong with you, Brewers? Go Cubbies. At the museum coming up uh, next week. The countdown is on. Yes. We're just one week away. Uh, we're inviting everybody to come on down and celebrate with us here at the museum. If you go to hdmuseum.com right now, you can get your specially priced tickets. Again, those are going to only be, be available online. $4.14 to get you admission to the world's only Harley-Davidson Museum. Wow. 
Here, I thought it was going to cost an arm and a leg, everything else with Harley Davidson. See him on Milwaukee Day. Okay, talk more about getting tickets, special pricing, uh, any kind of COVID-19 protocols. Uh, we, we are hoping that if, if you're feeling ill, please stay home. Sure. We still have the hand sanitizing stations all throughout campus. Uh, wear a mask if that's what you're comfortable with, but those are optional these days. Yeah. Um, but also, if, if you're going to make a day of it, we've got some special goodies available at Motor. These are all. Why are they always wearing hats like that? Are you French or something? My God. Always available, but you cannot celebrate Milwaukee Day without a couple of cheese curds. Oh, Am I look correct? At those. Yum. Television yet? Are we working on that um, still? I, I wish. Those look so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, uh, the Scani Cruiser, this is our barrel-aged Wisconsin Old Fashioned. Uh, again, just a couple of the tastes and flavors of Milwaukee that you can uh, enjoy on Milwaukee Day here at the Harley-Davidson Museum. Amazing. And that looks like a nice, hefty basket of cheese curds. I mean, you guys, you really went all out for it. Those look really good. Excellent, excellent. Come on down, or maybe I can deliver them out to the station. Please. That sounds amazing. <laughs> okay, let's also talk about exploring some shops and exhibits during the celebration. What's going on there? Yeah, at the shop here, again, every day uh, we have wonderful Milwaukee-made items, such as indulgence chocolates here. Uh, we've partnered. The only time I really liked going to Milwaukee was the Miller Factory. You used to be able to take tours. I don't know if you can do it uh, where they bottle the beer and brew it and all that stuff. And at the end of the tour, you can actually drink for free. And that was the best beer that I ever had coming out of that tap when it was just done. Tastes a lot different than when you get it in the store. If, you, if they still have that tour, you got to go, man. It's a badass tour with Colectivo to make a special hill climber blend coffee. Uh, great for a pick-me-up in the morning. Even some candles from the Milwaukee Candle Company. Uh, again, if you're going to be down here for Milwaukee Day or anytime you want to celebrate Bruce City, we have those available just next door to Motor Bar and Restaurant. Okay, I'm done uh, selling your stuff there. Uh, April 14, uh, also known as Milwaukee Day. Uh, that was Tim McCormick of the Harley-Davidson museum to celebrate milwaukee day and at least it's not going to cost you a mortgage to get a ticket like it usually does anyway we're going on to this one out of alabama paralyzed victim in 2020 ensley motorcycle club shooting claims number one stun us had la or lack security i almost called it lax man uh, anyway, a woman paralyzed from the waist down after being shot at a block party hosted two years ago by the Ensley Motorcycle Club is suing the club and those involved in the altercation that led to the shooting that killed one person and six others claiming the organization provided inadequate security. Motorcycle clubs, motorcycle associations, riding clubs, whatever. Are you having a party? You better make sure you have uh, some security there. Teresa Foster, a member of the number one Stunnus Motorsports Club's Jacksonville, Florida chapter, filed a lawsuit in Jefferson County Circuit Court against the organization's Birmingham branch over the August 8th, 2020 shooting 
accusing the Birmingham club of negligence amid other allegations. A man who answered the phone listed on the number one Stunnus Birmingham's chapter social media page said he has not been associated for the club for years. I'd get your phone number off of that. Really would. They bug the shit out of you, these media people. Trust me. Uh, Foster Sue claims the club did not hire an adequate number of security guards and that those working security in the night of the shooting did not pat down the patrons for weapons. Damn. She wants people to get all in your business. Uh, the Florida woman's suit also contends the club continued providing alcoholic beverages to pit partygoers who were clearly already intoxicated. She ain't playing around, man. Ain't playing around. And that's something clubs have to realize, man. Uh, you piss somebody off, you know, usually clubs with the, the liquor laws and, and all that good jive. <laughs> yeah, they don't like it too uh, much. Uh, they don't. Sad state of affairs that it has to come down to it, but make sure you got your insurance and stuff. Let's go to the main story today. Motorcycle gang members arrested after shooting across Interstate 45 at Rival Gang. We're down in Florida, remember? My oh my oh me oh my. Madisonville police say three members of the Homietto's Motorcycle Club were arrested Saturday after shooting across Interstate 45 at members of another gang. Police believe the rival members belong to the Bandito's MC. Madisonville police officers first responded to shots fired call just uh, 2 p.m. Wow. During the day. Middle of the day. At a gas station in the 3000 block of Madisonville, they say witnesses saw seven members of the Homietto's gangs exchange words with another group, then leave the gas station. Conversation. They were just having a conversation, if you ask me. Followed by a black four-door car. Police say the motorcycles and black car turned out on the northbound feeder road of Interstate 45, pulled to the side of the road, and began firing numerous rounds across Interstate 45 at the bikers still parked at the gas station. Uh, the Homietto's motorcycle uh, members then fled north on I-45, and the other motorcycle group left in an unknown direction. Huh. Unbelievable. Sad state of affairs. Uh, deputies from the Leon County Sheriff's Office found and stopped the car in one of the motorcycles where they found two weapons, ammunition, and fired casings. You know, that's why I love revolvers, because the casings you can get rid of yourself. Just saying. Uh, the other motorcycles fled. Texas Department of Public Safety troopers were able to locate two motorcycles and pursue them across several counties into Navarro uh, County, where another suspect was arrested. They found a firearm and ammunition sim similar to what was located on the 
at the scene. And there is an ongoing uh, investigation into them, several state and federal agencies, with additional uh, charges expected to be filed. Uh, they stress that anytime residency activity involving motorcycle clubs, they should call law enforcement. I don't know how many times I say it, man, but uh, Texas law enforcement don't play around anymore. And it's the epicenter of motorcycle club profiling. And when this kind of stuff happens, it just does not help the, the cause. But hey. It's the clubs that are going to have to learn. It's not anybody else. You heard that right there where they said anything with motorcycle club activity, call the cops. <laughs> the club's going to be having a party and people are going to be calling the cops all over the place. It's a sad state of affairs, man. And some of these clubs now, as I was doing uh, some research on them, are throwing gang symbols in the uh, profile pictures of their freaking social media. It's like, damn, man, what do you, are we going to call this the gangbanger decade? Uh, is that the new phase in the scene is the gangbanger decade when you're throwing gang signs? And then you wonder why, you know, news media, and I'm not saying all of them. I'm just saying you see that kind of stuff. What else are you going to see? You know, it's a gang if you're throwing gang signs. Come on, man. Anyway, let's go to the second uh, half of the show right after this music break. I'll have China Doll in. Go on our Discord. Go on our app or go on InsaneThrottleTV.com. Listen in live. We always have a good time. And again, if you ever lost somebody in a motorcycle accident, get a hold of us and we'll get you on the air to tell your story. Rock on.
How you doing? We'll be back for YouTube tomorrow morning for the Biker News. I figured a video we did last night. Uh, when your brother sleeps with your old lady should stay up. It was a very interesting 
conversation real in depth and uh, to the heart. Been getting a lot of good reviews from that one. Hopefully we're going to keep on doing them kind of shows with me and BD. Uh, great stuff. What did you think? You were uh, listening in the whole time. You even got a question in. Yeah, I had to come in here and ask my question, though. Because you didn't read my questions in the comments. I, I hard and you know what, that's something I got to work on because I'm so in-depth in the interview that I have to watch the comments. Yeah, because, like, I asked the same question twice, and then I said, screw it, and came in here. <laughs> so what did you think of uh, some of the stuff that was talked about? It, 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 hmm. It was way better than what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like, you know, angry people being all kinds of angry and shit. Mm-hmm. Like have a lot of hate and resentment, and it didn't seem that no, way. No, they didn't have any resentment towards the other guys. Mm-mm. Even though they were put through a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest surprises that came, because they were with two major 1% clubs, I'm not going to name the names, but the bylaws that were there when I heard, well, it's just a guideline, I was like, what? I was like, that is what's supposed to hold you together. And it just shows you how politics have become the norm within the club scene. And these guys went through some shit. Yeah, they did. They ended up uh, depression, feeling uh, not so self-confident about themselves. Lack of trust. Lack people. of trust is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Don't you think after somebody is cheated on, that lack of trust is a time deal? Where there's so much time that has to be passed before they trust again. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's going to take a lot to rebuild the trust that you lost. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of work that has to go into it. Tons of work. Yeah. What were some of the surprising stuff that you got? From the From show? the interview. Well, I like how the one the one the one guy said that, you know, he didn't do anything to get the disrespect of being cheated on. Mm-hmm. But the other guy flat out said, you know, in the beginning of the relationship that you know, he's uh he's not gonna be faithful. He's not gonna, I mean, he just flat out Told her, told the woman flat up. So he should have expected this. In my opinion, I think so. Or do you think it's not a two-way street where guys in clubs, they'll give you that warning because that's what they intend to do and then there ain't no loyalty on his part? Well, I don't think it's an intention. I just figure if, you know, it happens, it happens is how he made it sound. Mm. It's not like he intends on cheating. It's just like, well, if the situation arises, it's probably going to happen. That's a total lack of control, ain't it? A little bit. I think so. On everybody's part. Well, I was kind of, that's why I was, that's why I was like, you know, I'm going to ask, you know, if y'all cheated. So you think it's vindiction instead of actual. Well, I think there was a possibility that it, you know, that. That the girls cheated because of the fact that they cheated. So it was retaliation. Mm -hmm. But in the one instance it wasn't. In the other it probably could have been. Did it make it right? No. It doesn't make it right. Nothing ever makes something like that right. 
what's the biggest fear after the and I should have asked that question yesterday. What's your biggest fear about moving on in the relationship? Is what I should have asked. Meaning, you know you've been cheated on. The trust is gone. What else should you fear after that? It's going to happen again. So... I think majority of the time, if it happens once, you know, I mean, I think it was, was it Process or Danny or somebody said in the comments, you know, cheat on me once, shame on you, cheat on me twice, shame on me. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, most of the time in a relationship, you get busted cheating, it's most of the time it's end, the relationship ends. Right. And another thing that came out of that interview a lot of people saw in the comment section and also heard from the guest something that maybe surprised a lot of people. Bikers are human, meaning they get depression. Mm-hmm. And some of the people really slip into that depression, and it doesn't mean it's weak. It just means you need a time period to find yourself after an incident like that. It's exactly what it is. It's like people think what people think that depression, anxiety, like all that kind of stuff, um, makes you a weak person, and it doesn't. It's like some things are just completely out of your control, and you need time, and you need space, and you need to, you know, rethink the situation. You need to, you know, because you know how many times you're gonna play that situation over and over in your head. It's going to keep on going. Especially, you know, if you keep seeing the pers- the people that were involved. Right. You know, so it's like you got to work through it and you got to, you know, think about yourself for a moment instead of thinking about the other people. One thing that might surprise everybody is when I was in uh, the club, two-thirds, I'd have to say suffered from anxiety and depression on one level or not. I knew guys that were taking uh, anti-anxiety meds because they couldn't get over to panic attacks and stuff like that. Well, yeah. I mean, people think that being in a, a club of any kind is like all, you know, ice cream and cake and peaches right. and cream and it's not there's a lot of shit that goes on that you're gonna have to mentally deal with repercussions mm-hmm. so you're gonna end up with depression anxiety panic attacks ptsd i mean all kinds of stuff another thing i got out of that was he was with a chick for eight years and that happened but He was like a father to the kids. To her kids? To hers? Yeah. That must have killed the kids. Well, and I think a lot of it, too, is it's going to kill him because he was so close with the kids. So that's going to be like a double loss. He's going to be losing the girl plus losing the kids. So, yeah, not only did she cheat on him, screwed him up there... But now he had a relationship with them kids. And that bond is going to be broken because of 
you know, she went out and cheated. Right. So the bond is going to be broken with the kids, too, because she's not going to be able to see the kids like she should. Mm-hmm. Or like he should, my bad. Right. You know, it's gonna. he's going to lose connection with her because, I'm, I, I mean, he made oh, it Oh, she's already gone. He made it plain and simple that that was over. Uh, but it's like, at the same time, he's got extra pain because the eight years he spent with those kids is just, like, abruptly gone. Mm-hmm. It's not like... He decided, you know, well, this isn't working out, but, you know, no, it it was like, bam, the girl and the kid's gone. Another thing that surprised me was he didn't hold no ill will towards the club. No, not at all. That did shock me. I was a little like, wow. Especially after, well, this went to Wes when he said, well... The bylaws are just a guideline. Mm-hmm. The bylaws are there for that reason. Mm-hmm. The things, you know, everybody talks about with this out bad stuff was if you slept with an old lady, that would put you out bad right away. No ifs, ands, buts, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not like that anymore. No. He was actually ran out of town, it sounds like. Yeah, I remember he, he said something about how he was given 500 bucks and ran out of town. Just because his old lady spread her legs. Mm-hmm. Which, um, I was very confused by that situation. Why was he the one ran out of town? Right. It should have been the other. He's, but not, he's because, not the one that did the wrong. But because of the political bullshit within clubs, that's what happens. I was almost wondering whether or not the they were afraid that he'd retaliate, so they wanted him gone, so there was no retaliation. It could have been. It could have been. Did you hear the part where they said they feel liberated when they left? Yeah. And most people that were in clubs say that. When they leave, they feel liberated. Like... A monkey's off their back. Mm-hmm. And I kept on saying to myself, I actually had that feeling. Yeah, how'd you feel when you left? I was like, hell fucking yeah. It's like you feel, you feel like relieved. It was a relief when you leave. Yeah, you missed the stuff and all that jive. But it's... I'd have to say it's like, you know, if you were in the military finally getting out of that or getting out of prison. And that's sad to say. Well, yeah, it's like you're going to miss the people. You're going to miss the camaraderie and whatever. But at the same time, it's less stress. I think it's nothing but stress when you're in there, especially depending on what kind of club you're in. Oh, yeah. So if that's the case, then why join one, I guess, would be my advice to everybody else. <laughs> because, because people see it and they're like, ooh, that would be cool. But it's really not. It could be for some. Yeah. But maybe that's why you don't really see 20 to 40 year old members that were in that club. You know, 40 year members... It's like at eventually, 
you say, you know what, my freedom, my family are worth a lot more than this shit. Well, and that's one thing that one of the guys pointed across. It's like, you know, when when he when he joined, uh, he specifically, you know, told was told, you know, if you have family, <laughs> you you might not after this. If you're in a relationship or you have kids or you have this or you have that, after you're in here for a little bit, you might not have that. Right. I mean, obviously, with their their two situations, they pretty much lost everything. Big time. But he also gained with his daughter. Which is a plus. Kids have a hard time with this club shit. They're always wondering why you're gone, what you're doing. Why you're coming home late all the time. Right. Or sometimes not coming home at all. It's like it's like you don't get that bond or that relationship with your kids that you should. No, you don't. No, you don't. You, lo- you miss out on a lot. You know, especially if they're young, you miss out on... Uh, the simple stuff, like their first steps, their first mm. tooth, you know. But Poss- then add, possibly their birthdays. But then know? add to it where here you are thinking you can trust these people. Mm-hmm. Next uh, thing you know, they're sleeping with your old lady. For one, I never, <laughs> I never believed in bringing you around the club. Mm-mm. I just didn't think you were, you know, you needed to be there. Well, they even tell they even tell you, you know, if you're married, you have a girlfriend, you're not going to want to bring them around. Mm. Or basically you shouldn't. So that means you sh- they don't have trust in the club anyway. To me it seems that way. I mm. mean, if they're putting out there that, you know, you shouldn't bring your old lady around, you know, shouldn't you second guess what you're doing? That's what I started to do. I and I guess you uh, didn't have trust in the people you're around. It makes you wonder what are they setting you up for something, or mm-hmm. if they're gonna give you some kind of warning like that. Right, and that's why I don't understand. You got all these cheerleaders out there that are creators. They cry and whine when you talk about the negative because they want to put all this bullshit into an uh, you know. Everything is just awesome. They don't want to talk about the faults, though. No. They want to talk about everything that's good. And I hate to say, it really do, that most of the time, 60-70% is bad. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, well, you got the brotherhood, well... The brotherhood's gone as soon as you take that patch off. Well, not only that, but if they're telling you, you and you bring your old lady around, and like in, in these those two guys' instances, that they their their old ladies cheated with the brother. Right. What the hell kind of brotherhood is that shit? It ain't. I mean, what the hell? That's just. But that's why I laugh every time some of these creators get their pom poms out. And cheer. I was like, you don't want both sides to come out because it kills the aurora of being around clubs. Mm-hmm. It's gonna kill it. If but more people knew about it, but that's, that's what they're worried about. But that's just it. 
do the people going into these clubs and everything even have a freaking clue? Most of them don't. Most of them, they want to get in right away, get patched, instead of taking a year or two to check them out. There's one major club, a big one, the biggest one, that makes you hang around at least a year. And then you have the minimum prospect for another year. So that's two years mm-hmm. to get no everybody uh, known. And that's why they're the biggest and they've been around the longest. Mm-hmm. Well, not the longest, but they got a solid type of deal going on. Right. Because of the time people are hanging out, most people are just flush out within the year hanging around because they get to see everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best way people should go about it. I think so. I think you need to be around them for a long period of time before you actually commit. Damn right. Because then you got that year or two where you could be like, God, is this really for me? You know? Do, they you have an do opportuni- all your second guessing before you get that patch. They have the opportunity in this incident to see, you know, look around and see the type of people, hey, is he screwing around with somebody else's old lady? That could happen to me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. People don't think that way. Nope. They don't. And I think that's something they really need to take into account before any of this. Yeah. I agree 100%. You need to be able to think things through thoroughly before you commit to anything in that, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? In that aspect, I guess. Right. You gotta be, it's kind of like when you're dating somebody, you gotta test the waters before you commit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There was uh, another uh, person that was in there, not in the club, and you know what, he's right, this don't all revolve around a club stuff, but we're gonna come back, talk about that after this music break. Art of Dying at some MERS.
Tap on Roco now. Get content not seen on our other platforms. No censorship, no PC. Only biker fun and entertainment. It's hardcore. Again, go over to Roco TV and add the Insane Throttle TV app now. Rock on. Boy, is that app blowing up on Roco, man. That thing is fucking huge. Whole different type of audience on there, though. Yeah. A lot different. I was looking at the demographics and stuff like that. Yeah. I was like, man, I have a large demographic of people that make between sixty and eighty thousand dollars. I was like, why the fuck are you listening to me? Because <laughs> you're a shock jock. Then uh, Plager FM came out with their 2022 uh, best motorcycle podcast, and we hit that, of course. Woohoo! We're kicking butt because we're awesome. Okay, I am. Well, you know, probably that's what it is, is I got a cool chick over here. Too bad I sprayed your ass this morning. Yeah, thanks for that. I sprayed her ass. Yeah. But why do you always got to walk in the bathroom when I'm in there? Nasty business, man. (laughs) Nasty business. You're so good looking, but Jesus Christ. What? And then I sprayed your ass with air freshener. I said, now you to fart roses. You sure did. Should have <laughs> you should have sprayed your own ass. You should you should have sprayed yourself. Do women worry about their men cheating when they're in the club? Yeah, of course. That's probably the first thing when a man comes home saying, "Hey, guess what I'm gonna do? <laughs> I'm gonna join a club." Oh, why? And that's the first thing. Yeah. It's the first thing you go to. First thing in your head. Well, great. Now he's going to be hanging around with all these guys, which means there's going to be a bunch of chicks because, God, for some reason, chicks are so attracted to guys wearing patches. Right. <sighs> yeah. That's the first place that goes where you through go. the women's mind, huh? Yeah. It's the first place where you go. First thing. Or, so that's or, a big fear. And, the, and then the second thing is, am I going to be hanging around there with you? <laughs> Hell fucking no. And then, bam, goes right back to the first one. <laughs> so that's a legitimate oh, not, fear that a woman has. I'm not freaking going to be hanging around with him there, so pff, I know what he's going to be doing. Well, let's, let's explore this fear aspect of everything, of everyday life. Fear sucks. You ever sit there and think about all the things? Like, think back to your childhood. I mean, what were you afraid of when you were a kid? I remember busting my ass on one of them tornado slides. Remember the old metal ones? Yeah. I was stupid. I was a dumbass. You haven't changed. Not much. (laughs) But I said, you know what? This is high enough. It had to be like 20, 25 foot tall. You know, the big ones. And I said, okay, you know, there ain't no sledding hills around here. Oh, no, you did not. Oh, yes, I did. (laughs) You're a tard. I took a fucking sled down the damn thing and went off the fucking side and cracked my shit open. Nice going, jackass. It was a hell of a ride, I gotta tell you. And how did that make you feel? How did it make me feel (laughs) was I better stick the landing better next time. You know how you had those plastic sleds and shit? It, thank God it wasn't one with the fucking uh, blades on it. Oh, well, you wouldn't have been able to get that thing on no tornado slide. How the hell did you even get a plastic sled on a fucking tornado slide? I was like 10. 
mean, I could see maybe one of the circle ones that looked like garbage can lids, but how the hell did you get... I that did. I, you know spin- what? I made it half... How did that happen? I made it halfway, and next thing you know, I'm on the fucking deal. <laughs> Dumbass. I, I have the same... And ever since then, I hated heights. I had the same fear from being a kid all the way up till now, and that's that old lady in my closet. No, bitch. <laughs> I don't know. I hate closets. Well, yeah. But there's another issue. Why? Fear of talking to people and discussing something that's wrong. I think that's why a lot of people go around talking behind people's backs. Is because they fear the confrontation. Well, yeah, who the hell doesn't? A lot of people don't want to deal with confrontation or drama. Unlike you. I thrive on it. (laughs) A lot of people don't want it. So they basically just shut up and... Talk behind people's backs. Yeah. But what kind of adult does that stuff if you can't confront the confrontation, you know? Uh, There's just as many adults doing that kind of shit than it was when you were a kid. Well, that I know. If not more. But I still can't understand the fear behind it. They don't want to hear the answer. Don't they know how to debate it? Don't they know how to put their side of the argument out? Well, there's that. I mean, that could be a big thing. They they don't know how to... I mean, they'll 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 confront it, and then they'll get the answer, and then they'll just like, okay, whatever. And that's nothing... Well, you do that all the time. <laughs> I do. You're like, yeah, okay. Why don't you like engaging in a conversation like that are you afraid that i'm right are you i'm talking about a conversation with you yeah because <laughs> because uh, then it's gonna act me turning into a five-year-old so no <laughs> shut up i hate you you're stupid <laughs> then come back a week later you're right you're right asshole Normally, it takes me longer than a week to do that, though. <laughs> well, that it does. It, it's happened uh, in the last month, I can tell you that. <laughs> and even in a job aspect, why? I see, I see people as people. Yeah. I don't look at them as, oh, your management or, you know, I'm going to worry about losing my job. I don't do that. I go and address the situation. There's no damn way I'm not. I think it's. I think it all depends on when it comes to a job. I think it all depends on the actual situation you're attempting to address. Well, for example, let's just take for example, you work at, I don't know, Walmart, <laughs> or you work at Myers or whatever, and you're in management. They're supposed to, you know, the manager's supposed to be doing something with you. But instead, they hold that person back. And they know they're holding that person back. And one of the incidences that you got to worry about, say you think you're doing awesome, all that good stuff, but you're not getting what you were told you would be getting out of the deal. Why don't a person just confront that and say, "Uh uh-uh. Not happening. 
this is about me, this is about the contract that you had between yourself and me. But instead, you have somebody running the company that's a fucking blowhard and don't want to give you your due. And that can be more concerning if, say, something happens to that manager and they got to bring somebody else in to run the store when it was supposed to be you because they were told you weren't ready. I think when you confront the situation in that weird scenario you just gave, uh, I think when the person... Well, I'm putting it in the, the job person, sense. When the person goes to confront the situation, I think their boss would basically just tell them what they want to fucking hear. Or they'd lie to your face. Because that's the kind of people are out there. So how to how do you overcome something like that? You don't overcome it. You just go over their head. So, th- th- that didn't make no sense. I'm trying to put it because I don't want to talk about club shit no more. I'm tired of that. Okay, if you have have a boss and your boss is telling you one thing to your face and then turning around and telling other people something totally different than what they're telling you and you want to confront the situation, one of two things are going to happen. They're going to well, be why like, is the fear there where people don't want to do that? That what? They don't want to confront the situation because they already have a feeling that they're going to be lied to. So why bother? Well, this is very true. That is very true. A lot of times there, there's like no reason, you know, why, why bother confronting the boss about it because of the fact that you know the boss is going to look you straight in the face and fucking lie. What is what is the point? What do you get out of it? Nothing. So why bother putting yourself through that shit? Do you continue to just stay the status quo? No, that's when you decide, should I even stay where I'm at or should I get the fuck out? But there's that fear of leaving the position. Well, yeah, you're you're always gonna have a fear of leaving a position. You get then you have the fear of starting over at a new job if you choose to leave, right? Because then you got to start at the ground up again and build your way up in another business in another job. But it's like, why confront the boss when you know you're not gonna get the truth? So you said go over their head would be the solution. <laughs> yeah, you can go over their head. I mean, that would be the easiest solution is go over their head. But then, you know, that, of course, is going to cause issues because of the fact you didn't confront the boss straight on and you went over their head. So, you know, something's going to come out of that. You know, you're going to get, well, why didn't you just come to me (laughs) or whatever? And it's like, because you're a fucking liar. And why should I? I want to know from your boss what the fuck's going on. Mm hmm. Because it seems to be the only way I'll get an answer. But then you gotta wonder, do you know that boss well enough to find out whether or not you're, they're gonna give you a straight answer? Very true. It's like, hey, I know, uh, I, I know, you know, you know you're doing good at your job. You know, your boss is gonna tell you to your face that you're doing really good. Then you hear from somebody else. 
while they're saying that you're not ready, you're not, you know, you're not trained enough or whatever. So then you, what do you do? You're going to go to their boss and be like, hey, I'd like to know what's, you mean, what is this bitch saying behind my back kind of shit? That's why when I ran businesses with the workers, for one, they loved that I was frank. But two, I made it to where they can come to me. Yeah. They didn't have to have any fear. None whatsoever. Well, a lot of them, a lot of them, it's like, I, I don't think it's fear of going to the boss. I think it's the fear of whether or not you're going to get the truth. And how about in a friendship, per se? Uh-huh. Could it be looked at the same way? I think a friendship could be looked at the same way, 100%, because a lot of people out there aren't straight up and honest with people and blunt. So a lot of people, the friends just tell you what you want to hear. Is that why you think people just have a few friends and not yeah, a lot? I think so. I think people have just a good handful of friends and then the rest of them are just acquaintances. Or, you know, that crowd of people they hang out with. <laughs> so why is it bug them when they fuck them? If they already knew that's how they were. What do you mean? They had them around, they talked to them. And you said there's only acquaintances most of the time with only a few friends. Right, like a handful of good friends. So why are they surprised when they get fucked? I don't think they're surprised. I think people always like to play the course and see what happens and hope for the best and think that, well, maybe if I give them another chance then things will change or they're going to, you know, eventually be honest. And then you find out, well, they weren't. They weren't. No. But why have the emotion you went in to knowing that's the way they are? Because then you second guess yourself and you second guess the fact that, you know, Damn, I'm stupid. I should have fucking listened to everybody else. And, you know, I don't know. Well, it's not listening to everybody else. It's listening to yourself. Well, yeah, you get mad at yourself because you, because you went through all the bullshit and the drama and giving people second chances when you probably shouldn't have and you knew you shouldn't have, but you did anyways. And you still got fucked over. And then you're what you what it is is you're mad at yourself. You're not mad at anybody else. You're mad at yourself because you should have listened to your first instinct. And that's what I got out of last night's interview big time. Was They weren't mad at other people. They, they were mad at themselves. They were mad at themselves because they probably saw it coming. I mean, and I, then when it happened, there was an ugly chain of events that went from there. Exactly. I mean, the whole thing is based on the fact that when situations happen, the first person you're going to get mad at is yourself. I mean, yeah, you're going to be pissed at the other person. But, but you're going to start but, making questions on yourself. But you're going to have, you're going to be more mad at yourself and you're going to question yourself and be like, God, what was I thinking? Why did I do that? Blah, blah, you know. And it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. And then what happens? Then then the fear kicks in, and you sit there and think about why should I even bother having friends, and why because, should I even bother having a woman, because or a man, because this shit's just gonna just keep continuing. It's gonna be a vicious circle, and you have to some point 
break it and yeah. have self-confidence again. But it's going to take a lot for people to build up that trust in order to have that, you know, have that friend or have that girlfriend or have that boyfriend or whatever. You got, it's like, it takes a lot to break down that wall to where the one person is going to actually trust you enough to let you in. Just saying. Well, that's a good uh, analogy right there. Hmm. What do you think is a good time period for trying to get over something like that? Everything's different. It's going to depend on the situation. I mean, it could take it could take a month. It could take six months. It could take a year. It could take a few years. I mean, it's going to depend on the situation. I think that's why people go from one relationship to another. That way they don't have to deal with the pain of the previous one. Oh, yeah, jump, just jump into another relationship. They get their mind off of stuff about while they're in that new relationship. Because now it's fresh and it's new, but then you're always in the back of your mind. You're going, is it going to happen again? Mm-hmm. You know, so. And I think what made it on that interview worse for them is the idea of brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And when it came down to it, it was fake. Oh, yeah. It wasn't real. It's not that you slept with, a, 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 you know, somebody you knew or a so-called brother. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that the idea of brotherhood wasn't real in the first place. Well, and it doesn't even have to be based on brotherhood. It could be based on... Uh, two girls being best friends and the one best friend sleeps with the other one's boyfriend. Or two guys being best friends and the one guy sleeps with the dude's chick. I mean, it's the same shit. This is true. This is true. Because I bet you everybody's been there. I bet you everybody. And if you haven't been the one that's been cheated on, you've been the one that's cheated. So you believe in every deal there's a cheat? I think there is. I, I wow, what I, a statement. I mean, I personally have never met anyone. And it doesn't mean you're cheating in sex either. Do you know what I mean? There's other ways that you could cheat. Which is? Mentally. You can fuck with their head. So do you think last night with our guest, mm-hmm. it was even women getting back because the club came before them and that's not the way a relationship's supposed to be. I think a lot of it could be because of that. I mean, I can't speak for every woman out there, but I think um as far as the reasons why they might have been cheated on is because hey, what the fuck? I should be first in your life, not this club. And it's vengeance at that point. So I think they did it to be like, hey, well, fuck you. Look what I'm doing. That's a possibility. And sometimes you can't blame somebody for that. You can't. Well, that's like, uh, let's say the, the this guy and this girl are together. And the guy or, or, or the girl, whichever, is always going out with their friends instead of hanging out with their significant other. Mm-hmm. Huh. Same thing can happen. Right. You know, I mean, it's like, you don't even have to do it in a club base. I mean, it 
happens in... All I know, that interview last night was deep. It was pretty freaking intense. It was... Here everybody thought it was a Jerry Springer type of deal, but that wasn't our intention. I mean, you joked by saying like a Jerry Springer Yeah, show, I joked around. But of but... course, that, I mean, that's not where it ended up. Right. You know, I mean, they... That's they, a serious and, subject. And, and then I don't know if people notice how much respect they had that they didn't name the significant other. They didn't name the brother that did it. They didn't name the club. They didn't, they didn't name drop, mm. which normally... I well, mean, we it, wouldn't allow the well, name I, of the club to come out. We well, I mean, told them I, that. I get that. But it's like, but normally, you know, you watch something like Jerry Springer. There's names thrown everywhere. Well, fucking Susie went out and fucked Steve. Right. <laughs> I mean, you didn't see any of that shit. That's why I think it was like pretty deep of a conversation. There weren't there weren't names being thrown around. So to me, that shows respect on those guys, you know, on those guys showing utmost respect to... You know, yeah, it happened, but I'm not going to throw her name out there or his name out there because I have more respect for myself and more respect for people than to do that kind of shit. Another thing was they got deep into the emotions, the depressions, a lot of things. It was just surprised the shit out of me when I would look over once in a while and see some of the conversation going about, yeah, I'm suffering from that, too. Yeah, people don't realize it's like, you know, like you said, like we said earlier, you know, people think that if you're suffering from some form of depression, that it makes you a weak person. It doesn't. It shows you're fucking human. Very well said. Why did you get pissed off about that? Because well, it's like, I mean, I suffer from severe depression and it's like, it doesn't make me any less of a fucking person. Right. I'm still a freaking human being. I just, you know, get in my head a little much. I get a little bit more emotional sometimes. And it's like, I mean, that's just who I am now. I mean, I wasn't like that in the past. But it's like situations arise where that shit just happens, you know. I mean, should I sit back and think about all the things that freaking stupid two psychologists has fucking diagnosed me with? And it's like... What the fuck? I'm a fucking alphabet city. We'll be right back after this one for Cards Against Humanity. Shoot it out because they want it, want it now, now. Shoot it, shoot it out because they want it, want it now. Die. Will 
you baby a new intro you were pissed off because yesterday i didn't do an intro so we had to do that one so fucking clown music yes because you're a clown serious you're a dick (laughs) you're a clown you're a dick why do i always gotta be a dick can't i be a jackass or a jag off no i'm always a dick all right jack wagon (laughs) what do you got or, I mean, I got some really good ones if you really want me to go there. Okay, let's go there. No, I'm talking about names I can call you. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Dude, I had a bad dream. I had a nightmare last night. What? I did. Midgets? That, uh, listen up. Uh-oh, here we go. Listen up. It was you. What the fuck? As a midget. Yes! I bet you I was hot. I want. I, 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 you were chasing me, and by the end of the nightmare, I balled you up and kicked you over a field goal post. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck was going on. I was like, "Get the fuck away from me!" and kicked you over a field goal. That's awesome. But you're an ugly midget. What? Yes, uh-uh. yes, you, yes, you I'd were. Be hot. No, you were an ugly midget with my little arms. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> what do you got for cards against humanity? <laughs> All right, let's see how good these guys are in here. Well, they're guys. Not too good. I can answer. All it. right. Well, here we go. Top six answers are on the board. Here's your question. Name a way to make bathing. A sexy experience. 
bathing is sex. Uh, what? Taking a bath. Taking a bath is a sexy experience. What would you do? Me, I love walking in on you when it's, uh, you know, the candle and all the bubbles. I love that. That's fucking awesome. Until you start slipping and sliding. Then I was like, dude, what are you, fucking five? You kill the whole mood. Why? Because I play slip and slide in the bathtub? Yeah. You know how bubbles with the women's legs go up and turning on the fucking shit? <laughs> Freaking dirty knobs. What? Fill the tub with honey. <laughs> or coleslaw. Ew, coleslaw. That's disgusting. <laughs> what the fuck? You never went to coleslaw wrestling? No, you haven't. No? What the fuck? Coleslaw? Ew. So bubbles ain't the fucking... Yeah, bubbles is number two. Oh, come on! <laughs> That's bullshit. <laughs> Rubik's actually got number one. What? Rose petals. <laughs> I never understood that. Roses are expensive. And, and, and he got he got number six <laughs> candles, but you said it too. I don't understand the roses thing, because those fuckers are expensive. Why are you going to pull the petals off and waste it? <laughs> Clog your drain and shit? Dirty knobs. Open a window while it's storming and have waterproof toys. Ouch. <laughs> I wonder, you know, sometimes I wonder about the most fucked up things. And I don't know if you've seen this on Sex in the ER or whatever. I probably have. But a woman using a vibrator and it fucking shocks the piss out of her. No. It malfunctions and, you know, fries her fucking putty. Women aren't stupid to, like, play with ones that shouldn't be played with in the bathtub that are not I'm not even talking about that, man. I'm just talking like about it, it malfunctions. And, they... and it I've... fucking zaps the fucking uh, putty, man. No, I haven't seen that. Never <laughs> heard of it? No, no, no. I have no. to look that up. Yeah, you will too, I'm sure. Oh, you're guaranteed right I will. <laughs> Bush coyote. Jerking in the tub. <laughs> Why do I think that I, you know what, every guy in here would? <laughs> I love dirty knobs answers. Live koi fish. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, only my audience. <laughs> only mine. <laughs> what else we got? The other answers? Yeah. All right, well, number one was rose petals. Then you got uh, bubbles and bath oils. Eat fruit. What do you mean? How the fuck is that sexy in a tub? If it's chocolate-covered strawberries, that's some hot-ass shit. What? Yeah, go get me some. Drink wine. Yuck. One that nobody said, which I'm shocked. Bring a friend. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Bring a friend in the tub. And Even then... though I don't like it, sex in the tub sucks, I think. Well, I don't. Th th the intention is not to have sex. It's to enjoy each other's company in the tub. Well, you're naked. What else is there to do? You wash my back, I'll wash yours. Or no, I won't. Just wash mine. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
I don't know. Any other answers? No, that was all of them. I said six, damn it. My goodness. We'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> and that's all for Motorcycle Madhouse this morning. Don't forget to go over to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Install Insane Throttle TV's channel over on Roku. As well as go get the Insane Throttle radio app over on Google Play. Rock on until next time.